I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are you ready? Hey guys, come on, bring it in. I've scrolled through my contacts, sent out the invites, and our guests are about to arrive. Welcome back to the podcast dedicated to the most precious human pastime. I'm Gregory Porter, and this is The Hang. This podcast is beautifully simple. In each episode, I get together with friends, idols, and inspirations of mine to shoot the breeze about music, life, cars, food, wine, whatever. He was like, do you want to sing with Gregory? Should we get Gregory up? I was like, oh my God, of course I do. (laughs) Today, I'd like to introduce you to a very good friend of mine, one of the most beautiful voices and souls in music. This is Paloma Faith. Sometimes say to the audience, oh, do you know what? If you want to hear me sing, go home and play the record. I want to have a chat with you. (laughs) If my career ended tomorrow and I had to go and work in a hotel or in a bar or whatever to make my family fed, I would do it. I don't feel too proud to beg to name a good song. (laughs) So here, sit back, grab a drink, and let's do this. Come on. This is Gregory Porter, and I am so honored to be joined by the wonderful Paloma Faith. We are in London at the Universal Music Studios, and um, we are here to do what we do on The Hang, talk about life, love, art, and what inspires us to create the music that we do. And... um, how were we made? What situations in our life has manufactured us? And so we'll talk about your music, your interests, and your journey, your journey. I'm, I'm interested in the soil of your journey because you're an all-around performer and a wonderful actor, singer, in a way, can I say performance artist? I'd love you to say that. Yeah, I'd say performance, <laughs> performance artist, an artist who performs. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about the roots, the soil of you. Where are you from? Well, um, first of all, can I just say the honor is all mine? No, thank you. You're a legend. <laughs> the best kind that doesn't even realize. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um. Uh, where I'm from. I'm from Hackney in London. And that's kind of like, if you're listening in America, it's kind of like the Brooklyn of the UK. Yeah. Um, Kind of like that place that started off rough and broke. And then all the bougie people moved in. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's kind of hip and cool now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, And that's where I feel like... um influenced a lot of uh, who I am it's like a cultural melting pot I was educated there 
in state schools, which is what you would call public school in America. And um, the cultural, like, menage that was involved really influenced who I am, I think. Um, I was also, I don't think that many people realise how crazy mixed I am either because culturally I was born to a Spanish father an English mother and then my parents divorced and my stepfather who raised me from when I was three is actually from Chinese origin mm-hmm. all sort of growing up the main kind of influence or the, all my friends were like mainly Caribbean and African yeah. originally and now I've I'm in a relationship with the North African Algerian. So I've got all the religions, all the races and everything like sort of in my influence. I never really, I feel like a Londoner and I think that's quite a specific thing. Um, It's very much at the heart of of who I am. I don't really um, feel like one culture or singular culture person i think i think i would interrupt you there because um you know i i I, that's absolutely the truth when we first met we first met i just remember you screaming my name (laughs) and i was like i was like who is this girl because i hadn't seen you perform you i don't think you had seen me perform yeah but i knew of you right 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 And I knew your name, but I didn't know who was screaming my name. And um, you jumped out of a car (laughs) and grabbed me around my neck. (laughs) And I was like, and I said, I was like, who's this crazy? Who's this fine, crazy girl with her arms around my neck? This was at the Cheltenham Jazz, Cheltenham Jazz Festival. But yeah, what an amazing time we had that night. We ended ended up later that on night. stage right. together. On stage together, because Guy Barker, who I was there with, um, yeah. we were playing with the Fifty Four Piece Orchestra, yeah. and um, he introduced us. And he was like, "Do you want to sing with Gregory? Should we get Gregory up?" I was like, "Oh my <laughs> god, of course I do!" <laughs> and it like it still is today, like the most challenging. Mm. and beautiful musical experience I think I've had. Wow, wow. And, yeah, I don't often... I haven't shared stages that many times with people I'm Mm -hmm. in awe of. Mm -hmm. It's scary. I think the other most nerve-wracking time was when I had to sing with Shaka Khan. (laughs) I think I felt like I was going to die after that. (laughs) I feel like maybe with you it wasn't as much of a near-death experience because we were kind of winging it. Yeah. There wasn't 40,000 people watching. Right, right, right. Which happened with Shaka Khan. I nearly went and did a teacher training course after that. I gave up entirely. (laughs) 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 But, um, yeah, and I think for me, um, when I look back on my musical background and how I was raised, so my father... um, you know, he's a complicated dude and he was absent. But when I did spend time with him, he is and was a massive jazz fanatic. Yeah. So all of my jazz influence and knowledge comes from my childhood. He used to like, you know, there was a lot wrong with my dad. 
but I thank him so much for this. Mm. I used to go to his house on weekends sometimes and in between naps (laughs) he would uh, say to me like, which letter do you want to hear today? And I'd pick a letter of the alphabet and then he'd play me like all the artists that he had from that letter. Um, And he had like a wall that was like 20 metres long and like five, about five or six metres high of jazz vinyl and a really beautiful record player. And he collected every Blue Note record ever released in existence. He bought the book and he made sure he had every single one, even like the rarest, and he would travel the world to get them. Wow. And um, he used to smuggle me into Ronnie Scott's as a kid. Like, you weren't allowed to go in there um, until you were 18. So he'd, like, put me under his raincoat. He had a bit (laughs) of a jazz... He had a a jazz drinking problem also. Yeah. And he used to be very um, rude to people if if they (laughs) told him off. Wow. And I remember, like, just sitting under the tables. You know, in Ronnie Scott's, the tables with, like, the tablecloths, they go to the floor. Yeah. So he put... He would slip me out from under his coat and put me under the table and I'd be sitting there listening to like the Mingus Big Band or like whatever it was. Um, I don't know, like my education was so many people like Al Hibbler, Thelonious Monk, Coltrane, Duke Ellington, some of the singers like Cassandra Wilson. It was like, I can't even, like people like Ed Motta from... Yeah, uh, from Brazil. Brazil. Like, yeah. just so many... So many different, unusual... Yeah, like crazy, uh, all the all the Marsalises, yeah. however many yeah, there are. Right. Like, <laughs> um, just all of it, all the time. And then when I sort of eventually came into music, because I'd had such a huge, a high benchmark of what greatness was, I never really fully believed that I was musical or talented ever until maybe my third album um because those people were just so fantastic and like you in my view fall into that group Mm, easily (laughs) and I was like oh my god I'm here I'm doing this um Mm. I still feel like I'm not musical because that's so great yeah. And modern music just isn't. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what's but you know what I love about you and 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 I do this as a, as an exercise for myself and in, in humility. It's a, it's a healthy ignorance in 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 terms of uh, who you think you are. I keep a healthy ignorance and and as to you know I, it, like before every record, I, I, I'm like let me reduce myself to a child and start mm. from scratch. And and let me, let me not say I'm Gregory Porter and I'm building upon, uh, I've already did this, so this is the next thing is what I'm about to do. I kind of reduce myself back to to a child that hasn't done anything yet. Oh, and then, same. And then, you know, then make another record and see. I always have this know. panic. My managers laugh because, like, just before an album's about to come out, I kind of say goodbye to everybody. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm about to do ten years. I'm about to do this little depression, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I, or, or I'm like, this is probably the one that's gonna make be the end. 
I call him up. I do it every time. He's like, what are you doing? Oh, Please. He's like, you're in a position now where you can afford to do one bad one anyway and you wouldn't get dropped. Right. I'm just like, it's not the industry that we knew. <laughs> it's such a weird time. Singles yeah. and streams and... Yeah, yeah, it is a, it is an interesting and strange time, but uh, you're you're unique in in um, in your craft, and you're unique in and all the things that you can do. I could see somebody looking at one of your performances, or or one of your performances on stage or on television, music performance, and and say to themselves, "She could do other things. Mm. She could do a talk show if she wanted to do it. She could do television." She could even do movies if she wanted to. Tell me about that. Tell me about your experience uh, in the, the theater. Um, well, and then we're going we're gonna to talk about your mama because you didn't say much about her. Oh, my God. She's the best person ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell <laughs> mama all about it. Oh, what was my song? I was on, I was on BBC um, yesterday and I did, uh, I'll always love my mama. She's my favorite girl. And I was, I was, ah, and, and, and Joe Wiley was talking and I was just like, I got all emotional. I'm like, ah, oh, man, it's, uh, yeah, your mom, mama and, and, and daddy. I feel like there's some similarities in the thing. We're appreciative of the gifts that our father gave us, but there's a lot of pain and complexity there in how they interacted with us and raised yeah. us. But, um, Tell me about the acting thing and then we'll talk okay. about your mom. So, I mean, well, I acted before I had a record deal. And I also did a master's degree in designing and directing for theatre. So, originally, I sort of thought that I might be behind the scenes directing. Um, and then basically, people started putting me in their projects when I was doing that. And Everyone wanted me to perform in their sh- things. Theater. In in theater and in their films, uh-huh. videos. So were they were they I'm, student films kind of? Or? Yeah, kind mm-hmm. of thing. But I've never really acted in theater. I've danced in theater. I trained as a contemporary dancer. Mm-hmm. And um and now now I'm in a TV show in the States on Epics called Pennyworth, which is a DC comics show about Alfred Pennyworth, Batman's butler before mm-hmm. um, Batman was born. <laughs> and I play a serial killer, which is a great... I was going to say, you must love that. It is a great thing to do, especially with a child under the age of five. <laughs> <laughs> you go home and it's like, makes it bearable because you stab someone to death in the <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> yeah. I have a seven-year-old and he's... He's tested me, but you know, mm. like my whole life uh, with music, I I take his his sweet abuse, and 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 I'm and I'm making music out of it. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's he's a he's a charm. He can't do too much to to hurt me, but it's no. uh, but it's <laughs> you know keep me up all night or whatever. Yeah. But but it's it's a it's a charming relationship, and I'm loving the complexity of it. I love it. This sounds going to sound strange. I love it when he comes to me with insecurity or tears or fears. Or a re- question you can't answer. Or, 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 I love yeah, that. Yeah, he, you know, he has some some things, and I'm like, okay. And it makes me, f- he comes to me with, with child problems, and it makes me feel like a man because it's like, okay, now's your time to answer this boy's 
questions and these questions will stick and stay with him. So yeah. what you going to do? <laughs> and he's, this but I also is, think I learned so much mm, because mm. we were watching Angry Birds <laughs> the other day <laughs> and um, my friend was there who's had some problems with anger. And then my child said, why is that bird so angry? And I said, why do you think? And the reply was, maybe he's so sad. Mm. And then my friend just started crying. It's like, wow. this is the oracle. Yeah. You know, like the purity of children. Children, like they're just like, say it how it is. Yeah. And it's really disarming and special yeah. and you learn about yourself. So, yeah. But with the um, the acting, I'm really enjoying, but I... I Every artist is different, but I think a lot of what fuels me creatively is um, a, a sense of it being A, impossible, and B, me being completely inadequate and unable to achieve it. And that's what drives me to continue because I feel like some artists, you know, when you say, oh, where did that person go? Like that, you know, they had a great hit or yeah. they had it and they disappeared I'm always, what happens, and I always yeah. think oh maybe they thought they'd, they'd achieve something because see my thing is is I never feel like I've achieved anything <laughs> that's why I just keep doing it because I'm like oh my god I must have failed somehow <laughs> thanks to my father <laughs> telling me <laughs> in my childhood yeah. Um. so yeah but there's that thing of like, I'm doing it. We've got a series two. We're about to film series two. And I'm just like, oh my God, I can't do this. I'm the worst actress ever. Oh, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's that's really awesome that you've, you've gotten that opportunity because, you know, a lot of times we, we want to break out and do other things out. You know, we want to make, you know, podcasts and all this and we yeah. can't do it. We're terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, you're listening to The Hang. Hit subscribe or follow on your podcast thingamajig of choice to get every episode of The Hang fresh off the presses. I lost a feeling, but you give me meaning again. Let's talk about your mom. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm I'm hugely influenced both in how I communicate with people, how I, how I deal with life, but also very much influenced by her in my music. It's, 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 tell me about your mother and, and, and how How she, many siblings have you got? There's, there's eight of us, five boys wow. and three girls. Did she raise you all herself? She did, yeah. Now that woman she deserves did. a medal. She does. And she's, she's passed away and... But I think I think her her reward is all of us getting together and loving each other. And you and do. We do. And I, I I'm seeing to it. I mean, I, I moved back home to Bakersfield and, and I and I, and I, I bought a room that's big enough for us all to get in. And yeah. with our, all of our kids and wives and husbands and, and we get together and we we're required I have a requirement. Once you come <laughs> into the, the gate of my house, you are required to love each other. That's just that's how it's going to be. I don't want anything else. You that know? sounds divine. It, it is. It's, and it's, it's, if it's, only you it's could leave the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cute joke, but I, I kind of put this, this, I kind of put the energy out there. I'm like, there is no 
problem. If you live a distant, far distance away, then there'll be a gas card in the mail. If there's a there's plenty of food, plenty of drink, whatever you want to do, you can do it here. But the only requirement is is we got to love on each other and 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 honor our mother's name when you come here. Yeah. And and everybody, that's the rule. You can break glasses and do everything, but you got to love on each other. And and um, but. You got me sidetracked talking Sorry. about. <laughs> We're talking um, about you, mom. My mom, yeah, she raised me. Um, she was on her own. She was to actually this. Not many people know about this, um, but she was told that she couldn't have children. And my mom really wanted a lot of kids. She was one of eight, and she wanted many kids. And she was told that she would never have children by the doctors, and um. She met with You're a miracle baby. Well, apparently she met with this doctor who um said I want to try something and it was an experimental drug because she had a brain tumor and it was in the gland pituitary gland that's like your reproductive gland and she said I want you to try that and I don't know what's going to happen if you take it. I mean that's crazy anyway. Yeah. And she did and um she had me. And then when the when I was born, my mum said that the doctor put this doctor was there. She put her in me in my mum's arms, and she said, "May this child be a blessing to mankind." Mm. And my mum was like crying, <laughs> like she never thought she had a child. Yeah, and I felt wanted my whole life, and I felt protected, and I also wasn't raised like typically like an only child because my mother was so obsessed by me not being one. So my house was full of my cousins all the time. And she taught me a lot about um, generosity and things that people associate with only children not having. Right. Um, Like to the point where some of the lessons were a bit harsh. Like I remember like being made to give my favorite toys away or my last this or my last that. And it was like, I know in hindsight what she was trying to do. Yeah. And it's as an adult, it's made me super generous. And also I'm not very possessive of things. I'm just like, yeah. Like, you know, people come around, they're like, I love this dress. I'm like, take it, take it. Have it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, um, I feel like, That was a big part. And then also she never kind of thought of of me as being in the public eye. She only ever wanted me to be a good person, like a kind person. And that was drummed into me a lot. So So she overcame the the brain tumour, obviously. Yeah, eventually on this experimental drug, it just disappeared. Wow. Which is weird, without an operation. Wonderful. Um, But I think also like a huge amount of, what informs my music and my songwriting is vulnerability and insecurity. And I think that comes from the fact my dad left and also the fact that my mum was dying my whole life. <laughs> so, like, she had this brain tumour and she had cancer and she had um, other sort of health issues. And I was, you know, when I was 18, I took my mum to hospital. She was he- had a blood transfusion like a lot of things happened when I was younger that meant that I had to grow up or quickly like be her best friend in some ways um and then I was always very responsible as well like from 14 I got my first job when I was 14 Mm. I never wanted to like take too much off her I wanted to like 
I always had a feeling that I wanted to give back to her. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't, so from 14, I had a job on the weekends, so I didn't ask her for money. Mm-hmm. There have been times where she's lent me money and stuff, and then I would always try and give her something back. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but um, I have always had a sense that I wanted to pay for my mother. Not, not You know, like some people, you see them in their 30s and they're like, mum's paying for their cup of tea still and you're like what the hell is going on <laughs> you know oh, oh, oh waiting for the inheritance you know what what did you yeah. do for me what did you give me yeah. yeah so i i started working and actually i said it when i won the brit award but i haven't stopped having a job since i was 14 i haven't had a week where i didn't have a job since yeah. i was 14 wow not even a week. Wow, that's impressive. I, and I would still, to this day, stay with that. Like, I always say to people as well, like, if my career ended tomorrow and I had to go and work in a hotel or in a bar or whatever to, to make my family fed, I would do it. I yeah. don't feel too proud to beg yeah. to name a good song. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to, one, two, three. Ain't too proud to beg, <laughs> sweet darling. Please don't leave me, girl. Don't leave me, girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, so, mom, dad, this, this, this story of your, your father and, and his love of music, has your relationship with your family, with your child, mm-hmm. has that manifested itself into your lyric. You, yeah. you mentioned it a little bit about the insecurity uh, of, of... Vulnerability. But there are direct songs, yeah, as well. Like there's a one that I wrote after I'd had my first child on the um, most recent album called Final Breath. Mm-hmm. The lyric says, you're my life, you're my death, you're my final breath. Because I feel like as a woman when I gave birth to this person like who I used to be died as through the birth of this new life yeah and um there's one that's on the new album as well that the first lines I'm sorry the world's not good enough for you mm-hmm. and I feel like you feel that a lot of that with a child um wow. it's so funny you saying these things and um and I'm I'm feeling just this way. Just, this is this is my thought earlier today. Um, yeah, there was just some moments I thought had passed in our history on mm. on, on Earth. I thought I that we had learned. We 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 were tired of racism. I thought we yeah. were just like tired of like uh, not being appreciative and accepting of all people. And I, and I thought I thought we were tired of being like jerks and just do you know what i really hate when i say this as well is that people i have people say to me oh that's just naive ideology yeah like what the hell are you talking about it's not disney if you want everyone to get along and like yeah yeah i mean if you're gonna have problems and arguments don't let it be about the things that make us different right right like Make it be about something of substance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely understand you. And yeah. and so there were some conversations I thought I wasn't going to have to have. With him. With my son. And, mm. and, and yeah, I got to have him. And um, somebody said to me the other day, um, Gregory, what about, you know, your dark side, your dark side? Just mm-hmm. don't you want to just go off on somebody? Don't you want to, like, just 
you know, just say a bunch of mean shit about somebody on a, on a, on a record. And <laughs> maybe I too. That was but... an evil laugh, by the way. <laughs> well, this is the thing. It's, it's, it, my personality is to try to find a way, some negative energy that comes my way and try to take it. Turn it into a positive. Swing it around and ah, fling it out as some positive energy. Yeah. So I had a crush on this girl. You know, I'm a teenager and I'm like trying to do the teenage thing. Just trying to, you know, let me take this girl out for a soda. A soda. <laughs> I'm going to take, take you out, girl. For, I'm going to buy her one for rose. A, for a Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> so earlier in the day, I bought her a carnation. You know, I knew it. One flower. <laughs> right. One flower. You had to pay a dollar to have it delivered to her <laughs> classroom. And I wanted to take her out for a soda. And I, so I come to the girl's door and <laughs> basically her father's at the door. She's like, get away from my house, nigger. Mm. And so I left, you know, a little bruised. So I took that energy and I probably carried with me for what? 30 years, 25 years. <laughs> and, and, and I have a new song on the new record called Mr. Holland. The real names of the guilty parties will not be mentioned, but I, I stole the name from, from Jules Holland, yeah. uh, Mr. Holland, and he has a daughter, Rosie May. Yeah. Those are great names. Yeah. So as the song goes, hello, Mr. Holland, and Rosie May come out and play. She's a good girl now. Won't be no trouble, no how. So basically, as I go through the song, it's a really kind of a, a, a love and appreciation song to Mr. Holland, the father of the girl that I like. And he allows, he treats me like a regular Joe, and lets me go and take this girl out for a soda. Let's, you know, we, I come inside, he treats me like I'm grown. We talk about blues songs and and we just hang out. And guess what? He treats me just like a normal teenager and not a threat yeah. to, his, to his family. And that's a normal teenage experience, which is, that's what I wanted. And that's what happens in the song. That's what happens in the song. Yeah. But the song is fantasy. What really happened is what I told you earlier. Yeah. And so you can take this negative energy and you, you can throw positive energy back out to the world. So what I, I'm saying to people, in this song, the irony, the subtlety, the slight passive aggressiveness is in the song is, thank you for being nice. Now, when a person says, oh, thank you for being nice. And, you know, basically you're saying, don't be a jerk. Mm. Don't be a jerk. And um, so that's me being dark. <laughs> that's me being dark. That's, that's the, if you listen closely, I'm saying, don't be an asshole, you know. Mm. And, and I'm taking all of the energy and the pain of that experience 25 years ago, and I'm flipping it into the face of that energy that I was talking about. I think it's beautiful. I try personally not to get angry either. Like I try to look at things with empathy or like to try and find a, a route into understanding a conversation. And also sometimes when you've exhausted all of those possibilities, I would normally opt for sadness over anger, like disappointment or sadness as a person in general, but also lyrically. Mm -hmm. 
That's why we're not writing punk records. <laughs> but um, sometimes, yeah. I mean, I've, I think I, I'm probably not as good at, as you. <laughs> I mean, but listen. But... <laughs> I don't think many people are, but I admire it. Uh, no, I mean, um, we, have our, we have our lanes, girl. You're you running in your lane and running hard, man. You're, I see you everywhere doing everything, so... You're doing, you're doing well. Fueled by insecurity. Hey, whatever it is. <laughs> this, you know, this podcast is not about promoting me, but I'm just going to mention <laughs> my song Revival from the album All Rise is about these, these things, going back to these things, these touchstones that give us strength and revive us, renew our spirit back to the place where we belong and 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 heal us from the self-doubt and insecurity that can happen from just simply traveling through this world. I mean, there's a bunch of things that can get you down. It can be politics. It can be race. It can be uh, finances. It can be... I had the same as a kid, but the opposite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was... I had a boyfriend who was black, half African, half Caribbean, yeah. and his dad was really against him having me as a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. This is this is for everybody. It's not just for about yeah. You know, black folks. This is for the Indian boy who's who who wants to to, to date, date a Japanese girl. Not, or this or is, not even like or who wants to date the other Indian person who's not even from the same caste right, system. This, absolutely. This is like, about this is about finances. This is about uh mm. this is all of the others that keep us Separated. Separated. I mean, this like, is this is the same. What story. do they want? Inbreeds. That ain't good. You'd be sick all the time. <laughs> but, but my, but, now you have a freedom. Does <laughs> except you make me think of so many things. You have a you have a a an artistic freedom and a and a personal casual freedom to yourself about the way you deliver things you're, you're and you and you make fun of yourself you're like <laughs> I can sometimes I see you reading you're like I'm supposed to be reading the teleprompter but I'm not reading the teleprompter I'm gonna tell you like it is now where does this comfort come from because it's it's I tell you it was a couple of things it's it's you and it's also at the same time comedic genius I'll where tell you the first from? time that it happened and <laughs> and the spur it spurred the whole thing. <laughs> so when I first started as a musician, yeah. um, I got my first deal. I'd never had a singing lesson before. I was completely like shocked that I'd been signed. I was like doing this for fun. I was working in a bar. I ended up writing some songs for fun and I ended up with this record deal. Who knows how or why? <laughs> But it was crazy. And I thought, they must be joking. Like, I'm just going to ride this wave until somebody realises that this is a mistake. (laughs) And um, I went on stage. I did my first tour for the first album called Do You Want the Truth or Something Beautiful? And um, something went wrong. So it was was in quite a like biggish venue for a first tour because my album did quite well they really threw some money at it marketing wise I think mm-hmm. and um, 
I, I remember something went wrong and I really, I come from art school. I really wanted to be Bjork. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be like Jazz Bjork. <laughs> I wanted to come on, be mysterious and nobody know anything about me or the reality of who I am and just think, wow, she's just so mesmerizing and mysterious. Of course, the opposite of what I am. And like, I'd come on with this big costume and I'd throw like powdered, I'd, I'd, I, I, this was one show where I wore this white dress and I threw coloured powders all over it and then I would like sell it as an art piece at the end it was all art school performance art you yeah. know the vibe yeah. anyway something went wrong some wire came out and the power went down <sighs> somebody ran on there was a big guffaw the lights all went wrong they plugged it all back in and I said well that's bloody showing me up for who I am hasn't it <laughs> the whole audience started laughing right, right, and I right. said it's really hard to sustain this mysterious edge when the fucking technical <laughs> thing is going down and everyone was just cracking up laughing and I was yeah. like and I said to them I sat on the edge of the stage and I said I don't know whether I should just tell you about myself or try and carry on as if you haven't met me like because I've this is the first time I'd spoken to them as me yeah and everyone's shouting like tell us about you you yeah. know like yeah I start talking about it and I was like well you know I woke up this morning thinking I'm gonna be Grace Jones but obviously <laughs> that's not fulfilled and people just like right. oh my god <laughs> and at the end yeah. well I, eventually I carried on the gig as it was scheduled and I didn't talk again yeah. got a big round of applause and at the end my record company the heads of it came up to me and said don't ever lose it yeah. do that for the rest of your career and I was like okay it's easy, now, it's easy for me to be me <laughs> right, right, right. yeah and now I find it difficult not to and sometimes I think maybe I do it too much like sometimes I feel maybe I need to sing more and shut up. <laughs> you know, that's funny. But then I sometimes say to the audience, oh, do you know what? If you want to hear me sing, go home and play the record. I want to have a chat with you. <laughs> Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much. Like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But this wall that, that where the audience is, you're never supposed to deal with it. You're never supposed to. This is a wall and you yeah. guys aren't really there. The lights I'm, are dim. I'm not supposed to deal with you here. You look at the horizon in theater, don't you? And you know what yeah. happens. But listen, you know what happens when you crack that wall and you and you shatter that wall and you deal with this audience, then it's a, it's a powerful and personal thing. So when you sat down on the edge of the stage, it was a powerful and personal thing. They got some of you and 
the thing that you become when you perform. So it's a very, very powerful thing. I, I often use it. I often do it. Uh, there's not a device that I use. It's, I talk about my mother. And, and I talk about yeah. our, our childhood. I talk about some some moment of, 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 you know, extraordinariness that she did and how I felt and how she looked. And that, it, it normalizes, it normalizes you from being that person who can sing that high note that sep- that may, may separate you from the people who are, who are sitting in front of you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And I also think that the reason when I look back on songs that have moved me in my life, it's not because it's not, I mean, the voice is great. It's the carrier, but the message is always what's important. And the message is what connects us. Like we want to, we want to reach out and touch other people and not know what divides us, but what, what makes us the same. And I feel like that's why I ended up in music because when I was in my master's degree, my teacher once he called me into his office and he was like, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to do like a site specific thing. I'm going to work with dance actors and musicians. And he said, no, I didn't ask you how you're going to execute it. I asked what you were going to say. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. And he said, you need to think seriously about what you want to say because you're going to be trying to say that thing for the rest of your life. I was like, whoa, I was 21. He was like, it doesn't matter how many incarnations or how many manifestations of art you work in, whether you're a sculptor, a painter, a singer, an actor, whatever it is, you probably in the core of you, maybe you haven't discovered it yet, have this thing you want to say. What is it? And I went away and thought about it and it was that. It was, And the reason why I think that I gravitate towards music and film more than anything, or TV in this case, is because those are the art forms the most accessible to people beyond class and beyond separation. Awesome. Well said. Well said. You were probably steeped in more jazz in your life, in your childhood, than I ever was. I... In my household, we listened to soul music, and we also, my mother loved Nat King Cole, and I became, I came to love Nat King Cole at a very early age. We also were listening to Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Armstrong, but the majority of the music that was coming out of the speakers, uh, if my mother was around, and, and that would that was Mahalia Jackson, Mississippi Mass Choir, you know, a lot of choir records, and a, a lot of gospel music. So let's pass a few more years by, and I have my own career, and I write my own songs. And the most important thing to me is message. That's what I care about getting across to the listener, not how cool I am Mm -hmm. and not how many chord changes and how cool I now, I love that. I love that. And that's part of me. And that's part of the musical expression of jazz. But most thing that I love is the message. And so you, what do you consider yourself? Soul singer, jazz singer, pop singer, or a singer? Do you care about the vehicle that carries your message? Not really, but people ask you that all the time. And I always say soul singer because I feel like soul singer, the word soul, if you take away, you know, the way that the record store would place it, soul means somebody who feels something. So 
I would say that. Yeah. And that's what I mean when I say soul singer. I don't yeah. mean like that every time I sing it's a soul style or the, those types of chords or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it by, as in, it's about feeling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say soul singer. Okay. And yeah. I think people have soul that don't sound like soul singers. Yeah. And I would call them a soul singer too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, this thing, this this wacky categorization of of genres it's a bit strange i just i like to be touched but you can sing anything i've heard you sing lots of different genres and it works show is not about me young lady you've just got yourself a fan girl (laughs) 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 but listen your freedom is an interesting thing i'm in new york city everybody I'm in New York City, minding my own business. And when you're in New York, when you're in Midtown, when you're in Brooklyn, wherever, you kind of, you're on your guard. You have, you watch, you watch out for anything that can be coming your way. Because craziness can happen in New York just like that, especially on the subways. So I'm walking. I'm with my lady. I don't even know if we're, we're married. I don't think you were, but you had the, no, you had the baby. Yeah. So, but, but, but I'm, yeah, yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> In the past. This child was not born out of wedlock, so, so I was married. I'm in New York City, walking through the subway, minding my own business, ready for anything, ready to karate chop anybody <laughs> in the side of the head that comes too close to me or my lady. I'm ready to uppercut, knee, roundhouse, anything or anybody that comes my way because I'm walking in New York City. And out of nowhere, this... Comes a woman I'm dating. The small blonde figure <laughs> leaps into the air. I was redhead then. It was red or pink or something. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know what it was. You're flying through the air. The Matrix. And grab me around my neck. Again. Gregory, Gregory. I've always been trying to strangle him. So, right. <laughs> so my wife, my wife then balls up her She's fist. Like, She's right. She balls up her fist. <laughs> she's like, she's like, do I need to hit this chick in the ribs? Ugh, ugh, ugh. She was so ready to uppercut you. But, um, <laughs> but, I, but I was like, no, 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 everything's cool. This is my homegirl. And uh, <laughs> we had a sweet conversation and a wonderful meeting in, in New York City. I didn't know we would meet there. We just randomly met in, in the subway. And that was cool. You 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 mentioned to me and you offered me, you know, just like, oh, let's write a song together then. That's I been, really... That's been some years now. We haven't done it yet. Are so, we going to? No, we're going to. So just... Please, just, because I want to write a jazz album. Okay. okay. And jazz soul. Okay. I and I you. think it's time mm-hmm. that I did something I really feels this is, true to this, my... That's just one. It's, it's some of your roots. It's yeah. your roots, girl. So, and I'd love to work with you on that. Yeah, yeah. So let's make it happen. We'll, well can we do it, please, within the next six months? Because, <laughs> you know, I'm an urgent kind of person. <laughs> I, have no, I have no fears about, about working with you. I'm, I'm, I'm certain it could be. You have, you have dexterity and range and character in your voice. And that's something I care about, too. Sometimes, sometimes you know what, sometimes, for my taste, sometimes I get tired of a... Um, of the perfect voice, mm. the perfect voice. That's you know, I, I love a well-trained voice and a, and a you know beautiful, consistent vibrato and all of that. But there's also that thing 
that, that magic that's in the voice that's quite human that is that suggests sitting on the edge of the stage and talking to the audience about who you are. And you have that. And you know, oh, I got imperfection. And you're fearless with it. And I and, and there's there's a lot there's a lot to be to be gained from from watching you and watching your career and listening to your music. And I'm proud to call you my friend. And I and I thank you so much for you coming on to the hang and hanging with me. I was supposed to have uh, gin and tonics here for us. They never came, but um, <laughs> but, but listen, we're gonna have one after the show, yeah. and, and, <laughs> and we're gonna work on some music. I'd love and, to, because there's a lot we have to talk about. I mean, we 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 adore our mothers. Uh, we have complicated fathers whom we love that have given us much in this music. And the reason I'm here talking to you, the reason I travel all over the world, is because my father gave me something. And I'm using it now. I, I used to say, I used to go through through my life saying he didn't give me a daggone thing. But what he did give me was the ability to sing. And so he gave me something, you know. That being said, thank you, Paloma Faith, for coming on The Hang and hanging out with me and talking. Your stories are extraordinary. How you got to be who you are, who made you, who manufactured you. Is, is, is wonderful to hear. So thank you. Thank you, Gregory. Yeah. Ah, it's always such a laugh to hang out with Paloma. And you know, we recorded this episode before the pandemic. And since then, well, true to her word, Paloma and I created a song together called Christmas Prayer. And I imagine there's going to be more music between us to come. Thanks to her. And once again, thanks so much to you swinging by. Remember, feel free to share this podcast with your friends. Let's all get together on our next episode. I'm Gregory Porter, and this has been The Hang, a cup and nuzzle production. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,